We're your weather girls. And do we have some poorly written fiction for you. You better listen. Here's some stuff to look forward to this episode. She clucks like a chicken. (laughs) Ice cream for those ice cream prices. Yeah, it's a punch buggy. Yeah. And so much more. Stay tuned. Welcome to episode six of It's Probably Raining Men. Today we're going to be talking about chapters 14 through 16. Yeah, so if you remember, we left off. The boys were just like sitting in a cafe. They ran into uh, Kieran and Brooke, I think. And then they made like a, a giant decuplet date. <laughs> what's what's what do you call a what do you call a date when it's 10 of them i guess a pentuple date Mm. um but yeah so we just kind of left off there so we all agreed to go on a date and yeah oh and they were on cash cab too in one of the previous chapters oh yeah yeah. they won like nine hundred dollars yeah um for just knowing random trivia that we googled um so yeah so we haven't we haven't really had a chapter from the boys in a while. Yeah, that's true. The last we saw them, I think they were finding a way to meet up again. Yeah. To discuss the dreams or something like that. Um, and I figure that's probably what was happening when they were sitting at the cafe. But we got yes. that from the girls' perspective for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> Good. So we... We meet the girls again in chapter 14. Page 125. But this is, once again, with like really tiny, tiny pages because we were trying to envisage what it would look like when it was printed in an actual like book format. Um, So we just like formatted all our pages to be really, really tiny. (laughs) So this is page 125, chapter 14, Saturday, July 1st, Canada Day at 10.39 a.m. That Friday, Jill handed in her article. I feel like that should say Jenna. (laughs) Right off the bat, we're off to a horrible start. That should say Jenna. (laughs) That Friday, Jenna handed in her article, which was published the next day, with much praise from coworkers as well as her friends. Brooke practiced her photography and met up with the writer of the article, brackets, L. Dubois, she would be photographing for. Weird sentence. Jill met with Frederick, strictly a business date, and tried on the clothes he had designed. As much as her big mouth urged her to tell, she kept the outfits a secret from her friends. Kieran, well, Kieran was just her quiet self for the day. As Saturday rolled around, Jill invited her friends Jenna and Kieran, as Brooke was already scheduled to be there. Glad we, uh, we made that clarification. Uh, so Jill invited her friends to watch the charity fashion show. The show would start around noon, and when it was over, the girls would rush home, change, and meet their dates at Pish Posh. Hey, but don't you remember there being uh, five boys at the table that day? Kieran contemplated. Do you reckon we should invite someone? The girls were at Jill's condo deciding what to wear that evening. Jill giggled. 
You said reckon. <laughs> what? <laughs> she managed to get out through hysterical giggles. What? Reckon <laughs> isn't even like a... Why is she laughing at reckon? <laughs> what? <laughs> Listen to this, though. Jill was like a time bomb, usually calm, but when set off, there's no stopping her. Yeah. So reckon was like... The opposite of a safe word for her. Why? Yeah, I don't know why she's afraid of the word reckon. Maybe she was like. Also, though, I feel like I remember writing this, and I feel like in my head, reckon was a British word. But then I said it once in at school. This is elementary school, and my friend, my friend Elisa, I'm gonna name drop. She was like. What are you, from the South? <laughs> so I'm very confused. I don't actually know where Reckon's from. <laughs> I, think, I think everyone who speaks English is allowed to say Reckon. But I think, I think this is my uh, expression of internal struggle with the word Reckon. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad we clarified that. Here I was thinking Jill had gotten, like, hypnotized as a child, and Reckon was, like, the word that snaps her out of it. Yep. <laughs> she clucks yeah. like a chicken. <laughs> Uh, so we continue. Um, yeah, but really, do you think we should invite someone? Kieran said. Who do we know that's single and loves to mingle? Brooke asked. How about we ask Erica? Jenna suggested. I think that would be great. Jill stopped laughing long enough to say sarcastically. Jenna, either not recognizing the sarcasm in Jill's voice or choosing to ignore it, called Erica. Wait, so Wait. they're gonna go on these dates, but Jill's not even single. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, let's call Erica. <laughs> and first of all, why is Jill so sarcastic? Like, didn't she, why does she not like Erica? And also, isn't Erica Brooks' friend? Mm-hmm. Why is Jenna calling her? That's weird. Jenna's the friendly one, though. We yeah. established that. She has, like, an other group of friends. That is true. So she can just call other people's friends, I guess, for them. Mm. <laughs> Whatever. After a few rings, Jenna put the receiver down. No one's home, she said. <laughs> she call her home phone. <laughs> These 20-somethings and their home phones and their cell phones. <laughs> Do you want to call that girl, what was her name again? You know, the one our age that we always see in the elevator in your building, Jill? Brooke was referring to Carrie, a 20-year-old who the girls had seen a few times and had visited them a few times. What? Why would you invite someone whose name you don't even know to come to, like, a, a massive group date with you? <laughs> so she's uh, asked Jill, but Kieran's answering. Sure, why not? said Kieran. They're all interchangeable, I think. They're basically just, like, the same person. You um, just can't have the same name happen twice in two lines. Like, <laughs> you have to swap it up. Exactly, exactly. I think, yeah, that's probably what was happening. They phoned her up, and she agreed to meet them at Jill's apartment at 5.30. Perfect. See you then, Jill said into the phone. Ready? She turned to her friends. The four nodded and linked arms. Oh, do they walk out the door like that <laughs> in a four in a row or do they have to link arms and then turn sideways and 
walk through the door. The doorway's not wide enough. <laughs> to Central Park we go, they said together. That's a weird sentence to say on mass. <laughs> the car ride in Jill's navy blue convertible took about 30 minutes, including traffic. She doesn't have a convertible. <laughs> Literally, like, at the beginning, we, like, listed all their cars, and Jill's was definitely not a convertible. And isn't she just, like, the poor one who wants to be rich? She was the one that had no mat- no good mattress. No, that was Jenna. Oh. Jenna, mattress. Jill just wants to be rich. Uh, maybe you'd be richer if you didn't spend all your money on a navy blue convertible. That's right. You're a New York bud. <laughs> Actually, from 76th Street to the center, this was a new record. What? <laughs> How? Why do we think we have an authoritative voice on the traffic in New York City? That's a good question. To which I, I don't know the answer. I don't know. Did we like look this up? Did we just make up numbers? What do you think? I don't know. I like if I Google Maps right now, seventy sixth and whatever, and Central Park. You think it's gonna tell me half an hour? <laughs> no, that's place your record. bets. That's hmm? a new record, so you can't just expect that it'll only take you thirty minutes. Sure, it has to be actually more. Yeah. Or is this like a like an upper limit, dude? Seventy sixth Street. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Here's Seventy sixth Street. That yep. Central Park. <laughs> like four blocks away (laughs) (laughs) what (laughs) now admittedly you may need to go to the other end of central park okay how much how how long would that take Uh, to get to like the north end of it (laughs) 10 minutes by foot Okay, so this 30 minutes in a car is definitely, like, the upper limit. Like, it was just stop-and-go traffic for no reason. Well, in fact, I'm kind of inclined to believe that it takes longer by car. (laughs) So I'm kind of not surprised. Okay, yeah, okay. I believe that. Also, I like that they reported um, the time it took to get there, including traffic, as though it would be reasonable to say how long it takes without traffic. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Amazing. Anyway, so the girls arrived at 1147 at Central Park, just as Frederick was starting to worry. Jill, there you are. Come get your dress on this instant, Frederick exclaimed hurriedly. Jill handed Jenna her purse and ran to meet him. He grabbed her arm and dragged her into a set-up tent near a big stage. Wow, that's violent. In front of the stage, plastic chairs were set up, where Jenna, Kieran, and Brooke took a seat. Plastic chairs? I'm imagining those, like, really cheap, like, white, brittle plastic chairs that you just get at Walmart. Like the lawn, the ubiquitous lawn chair? Yes, that one. That's very classy for a charity fashion show. Punch buggy, no punch backs, said Kieran, punching Jenna lightly on the arm. Kieran, were you written by a 12-year-old? Because it sure seems like it. (laughs) What the heck, Kieran? Jenna asked. 
Yellow car, she replied, sinking low into her seat. Jenna rolled her eyes as a smartly dressed man walked on stage. That was so mean. Why did Jenna, why isn't Jenna the nice one? Or do we like mix up the names again? I feel like this would be a Jill response. This would be. reason. But Jenna has no reason to be mean. Her friend's just being goofy. Yeah, it's a punch buggy. Yeah. Duh. (laughs) Although, where is she seeing a punch buggy in the middle of Central Park? Again, I don't know. (laughs) It's her bird's eye view of Central Park. (sighs) Okay, good. I love that we have continuity always. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're the masters of continuity. We're so good at it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I am Ryan Novinger, and I will be your MC for the evening. As you may or may not know, the outfits displayed here will be auctioned at the end of the show, and the proceeds will fully go to charity. The one charity. Are you ready? He said, and the crowd cheered. This first dress was designed by Florence Alberg. <laughs> Alberge. Albergi. I don't know, that seems like a like a key smash. Yeah, at least at least one of those pronunciations is fine. <laughs> Pick your pronunciation. The first model, a tall curvy blonde wearing a red one-shouldered empire waisted dress trimmed with gold colored beads going for twelve hundred dollars wait is this an auction or is this a fashion show i've never been to a fashion show but i don't think they just call out the price of the dress as it see yeah of course it should be the fashion show and then the auction and people yeah. like the first dress or whatever yeah <laughs> Okay, fine. Uh, okay, so he auctions his dress off and he says, he continued, as the woman rounded the corner of the stage and returned backstage. This next design was created by Louis Masquillage. The next model walked out, this time a brunette. She was wearing a flared coral-colored halter dress with a stitched flower-patterned dress. <laughs> she was wearing two dresses or her dress was wearing a dress? <laughs> Boom, boom, boom. $940. Wow, what a steal. Jill was the fourth model. Her hair was tied in a high bun, and her face was made up beautifully. However- But in five minutes? (laughs) No time has passed. Oh, yeah. Uh, However, what was truly breath space taking was the dress she wore. It was the color of the sky during sunset. Not really one color, but a mix of light pinks, oranges, and purples that melted into each other. The dress was strapless, floor length, and was tied together with a white ribbon at the waist. The top was decorated with silver sequins, which made the dress sparkle as Jill showed it off. It was all the perfect combination. Not too much or too little, but looked stunning. Seems a little much, I've got to say. Yeah, it's like, you know when people put their kids in, like, very extravagant dresses for, like, their baptism or something? Yeah. It kind of seems like that. It's, like, very colorful. It has a ribbon. You know, it has sequins. (laughs) It's kind of a lot. Oh, yeah. And it's, like, a full-body thing, too. Like, it's strapless, and it goes all the way down to the floor. 
That's crazy. A thousand seven hundred and fifty, said the announcer. Crap! I was thinking of buying it, but look at the price! cried Kieran. I don't care. I'll do anything to get my hands on that dress, replied Brooke. <laughs> okay. Uh, Brooke is also into very gaudy, uh, over-the-top, toddlers and tiaras type dresses. Yes. When the final model showed off her design, the announcer called them all up. Now it's time for the auction. Anyone willing to place a bet? Wait for your dress to be called, then shout out an amount. Ready? I don't think that's how auctions work. I don't think you just yell. <laughs> don't you have those like little paddles that you like lift like, up? Like, it, yep. <laughs> it's just people yelling over each other. Yeah, this is Yeah, but if you can't yell. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> then you don't get your beautiful um sunset dress. Uh, the crowd nodded in agreement, and the models walked out. Okay. Dress created by Miss Florence Alberghi, going for $1,200. Any takers? A woman called out 1300 and the price kept increasing by $100 until it was 1670 Well, how do we... So we started at 1300 and we kept increasing by 100 and suddenly we have... 1670? Doesn't make any sense. We're not very good at math. We're not good at writing. We're not good at math. Like, what are we good at? <laughs> the second and third dresses were sold for $1,500 a piece. And when Jill's dress was called, the crowd cheered. Hang on. Aren't they all these dresses designed by interns? Yes. Who in their right mind is spending $1,500 on a dress? designed by some intern. <laughs> I know, it's not even, like, fully designer. <laughs> yeah, no. It's someone who may be a designer and might very much, very well, like, not be a designer in, like, a year or two. So, these people are getting scammed. 1750, any takers? The announcer asked. Brooke yelled, $2,800, but a wild-eyed man countered. Okay, hang on. One, I think that's supposed to say $1,800, because why would she pay, like, $1,000 more um, than the starting price? Second of all, she's betting against a crazy man who probably just stumbled stumbled across the fashion show while he was, like, walking in the park, and she's just, like, shouting at random numbers now. I think that's what's happening. The wild-eyed man is just a homeless man from the park. <laughs> 1,900. 2,000. 2,100. 2,200. 2,300, Brooke yelled hysterically. Sold, the man said. Which man? The crazy-eyed man or the auctioner? <laughs> we will never know. <laughs> oh, what if they're the same guy? He's just trying to hike up the prices <laughs> by cosplaying as a homeless man. <laughs> Sold for 2300 Brooke pumped her fist in the air and whooped. Weird. Her friends high-fived her, and Brooke sat back down in her seat. Back on stage, Jill was smiling so widely, it looked like her, she, would explode of joy. It looked like she would explode of joy. Okay, that her is not supposed to be there. 
I propose that Brooke is going to spend the money they want in the cash cab on this dress. Um, I actually think that we, by this point, we have forgotten that they were on the cash cab. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if we, like, mention cash cab money at all. But I think Brooke's just rich. Yeah, my money's on no. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've forgotten. So somehow two more hours of the show are still ahead of us. Two hours later, when the show is over, Brooke, Kieran, Jill, and Jenna decided to take a walk through the park. Jill, I just absolutely adored that dress you wore. I had to buy it, Brooke exclaimed. I know, right? Frederick is such an awesome designer, Jenna seconded. You have to take us to meet him sometime. Of course, girlfriends, Jill said, and the four laughed. They walked over to a bench and sat down. What a lovely day, sighed Kieran. Just then, five boys walked down the path that the girls had come down. They appeared to be arguing about something. We say boys as if they were children. <laughs> like, there's just like five. <laughs> five boys. Five men walked down the path. <laughs> nope, they're boys. They're children. They're very much like eight or nine-year-olds just like walking through the park, <laughs> yelling numbers at a fashion show, hiking the prices up in an auction. Uh, okay, so they're arguing. Felipe, I swear to God, I saw those two girls from the cafe walk up this path, and they had two friends, Chris said to Felipe. That's not possible, Chris. They're at some fashion show thing. Kieran texted me. You gave her your phone number? Martin stopped and faced Felipe. The other boy turned a dark shade of red and looked away. <laughs> well, he may have given her his cell phone number, but did he give her his home phone number? Because that's when you know it's serious. His parents' home phone number. <laughs> Found it in the... If he did, then he can always access her cell phone number by just calling her mom and asking her. <laughs> <sighs> Those are different times. <laughs> well, uh, you know, so they could uh, reach us if something happens, you know, he replied. Hate to interrupt, but uh, Chris was right. They're right there on that bench, Justin said, and pointed to the bench the four girls were sitting on. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like privy to this whole conversation. <laughs> Um, but the way I, I, I was, like, imagining this, right, so the girls, like, sit on this bench, and, like, these guys, like, walk past them, and they stop, like, right in front of them, and they, like, have this conversation, not, like, paying attention to, around, like, what's happening around them, and then Justin turns around, he's like, they're right there, guys, and then the other, like, four or whatever, they also just, like, swivel around, and they're like, oh, shit, you heard my whole, this whole conversation. Conversation. <laughs> And that's the end of chapter 14. Chapter 15 picks up at 1.44 p.m. Not sure how that checks out with the, <laughs> with the fashion show. Really, it doesn't. It does not. Two scoops of strawberry ice cream, two scoops of chocolate, two scoops of lemon, two scoops of pistachio, two scoops of cotton candy, two scoops of vanilla, two scoops of Rocky Road, two scoops of coffee, two scoops of mint chocolate chip. <laughs> the now group of nine 
had stopped at Ice Cream to get <laughs> some ice cream, and Martin was ordering. <laughs> what? The person at the counter is going to be like, what? I hate you guys. <laughs> you want two scoops of uh, every single flavor we have? Why didn't you just say that? <laughs> That'll be twenty nine sixty one, please, the cashier said. Excuse me, twenty nine sixty one for nine nine times two scoops of ice cream? What are you kidding? What? Like so eighteen. So twenty nine point six one divided by um what do we say? Eighteen? Uh, nine servings, but eighteen scoops. So including tax, it's a dollar sixty per scoop. That is a steal. That is a steal. In Central I, Park, in New York City. Ice cream for those ice cream prices. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so Martin handed him his credit card and waited for the ice cream he had ordered. So what are you guys doing here? Jenna asked. We helped set up the show. And one of my friends is one of the designers there. So we thought we might stop by. Felipe answered, not taking his eyes off Kieran. <laughs> That's so creepy. <laughs> so, like, Jenna's talking to him, but he's, like, making direct eye contact with this other girl. Okay. Weird. So it had nothing to do with Kieran's text saying exactly where we were and when? Jill asked accusingly. Ooh. Jack smirked and looked away, hiding his face from the deadly stare Felipe. What? <laughs> wait, wait, so like Felipe like turned to look at Jack now? What? <laughs> he was staring at Kieran and now he's just furiously looking at at, at Jack. Why? <laughs> what? Okay. Cool it, bro. She's just kidding, said Justin. He's uh sensitive, Justin explained to the girls. Felipe narrowed his eyes at Justin, which Justin seemed to ignore weird. You get used to it after a while, he answered simply. <laughs> the girls nodded, but still could not get over the fact that these boys seemed so, so special. Based on what? <laughs> he paid for your ice cream? Yes, and also stalked you through the park. And then, <laughs> yeah, basically. Just like totally unobservant. Until one of them was like, actually, that's all four of them. <laughs> yeah, so they're very special in the sense that... <laughs> Wait, get to the next line, though. <laughs> Just then, Martin came back from the front of the store with nine ice cream cones in his hands. In, in, his, in his nine hands. <laughs> that's crazy that he is special he's he's a special one <laughs> wow order up he said and handed each of his friends the ice cream they had ordered jenna held up her ice cream cone cheers she said and everyone put their cones up as well the group laughed and everyone licked their ice creams <laughs> The group laughed, and everyone licked their ice creams in silence. 
I'm just imagining Felipe not breaking eye contact with Kieran while like licking his ice cream cone. That is serious. Just pin drop silence and they're eating their ice cream. Oh my god. So you're like sounds times nine. I see okay, I see a chapter break. Ooh. Oh my god, this is exciting. This is this is the meat and potatoes of this whole book. This is the entire point that this book was written. Okay, you ready for this? Are you ready? Are you ready? Outside of the shop, Jack and Jill, Kieran and Chris, Justin and Brooke, and Jenna and Felipe were holding hands. <laughs> Dead silence, right? But it's like magnets. Their hands were just drawn to each other. They couldn't stop it. <laughs> and also, isn't Jill literally engaged? Why is she holding this Jack Bean leaf? And <laughs> weird. But then, oh, Martin sort of tagged along behind them. There's nothing like being a ninth yeah. wheel. Ninth wheel. <laughs> But he did not seem to mind. He knew that his Juliet was not far away because everyone knows that good things come to those who wait. Dot, dot, dot. He's just dead. then, oh God, just then Jill's phone rang. She unlinked arms from Jack and answered it. Wait, wait, wait. They're not even holding hands. They're just linking arms, like, <laughs> like at the elbow. I like to imagine that the way we wrote it clearly implies that it's like pairs of them holding hands but I like to think they made a chain of eight right <laughs> it's just like souped up chain of four that they had going earlier now it's eight of them but yeah. Martin like Martin doesn't want to walk on the grass or something so she unlinks arms from Jack Wait, wait, wait. So they're they're blocking the whole sidewalk with this giant No, they're actually they're actually a walking blockade down the street. Right? <laughs> Traffic has to stop. Like behind them. <laughs> Martin's like Martin's like, sorry, 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 excuse us. <laughs> excuse my friends. <sighs> so Jill's phone has has just rung. She answers it. Hello? The voice on the other end was muffled, but Jill could make out the words, Mark, bus, hospital, and not good. Her easy, relaxed face from a moment ago turned to fear, and she snapped her phone shut. It's a flip phone, by the way, in case you weren't, in case you were wondering. <laughs> I remember this, I remember this arc, I remember this plot arc, I'm so excited. <laughs> it's so bad, but I'm so excited, okay. <clears throat> <clears throat> Mark's in the hospital. He was hit by a truck, not expected to survive, were the only words she got out before she fainted and Jack caught her. Felipe, go get your car. We have to go to the hospital. He doesn't even know who Mark is. Yeah, he doesn't. Very weird, said Okay. Felipe obliged and sprinted to his car, parked across the street. <laughs> See, the reason they were blocking the street was so he could sprint across without fear. Yes. It all yes. works out. It all makes sense. See, we all plan this out. Um, so then Jill, Jack, Felipe, Brooke, and Jenna hopped into the car 
One, two, three, four, five. Okay, that checks out. That's fine. Chris, you go get your car and meet us at the hospital, capital H. New York? No, dummy. New Zealand, said Jack sarcastically and buckled Jill's seatbelt. That was so rude. You can at least clarify. I'm sure there's a, more than one hospital in New York. Yep. There's like five hospitals in one block of Toronto, okay? New York is like three times the size. It has more than one hospital. So whoever is asking this question, we don't really, I guess it's Chris. Um, it's, it's a valid question. Yep. Google's showing a lot of hospitals downtown. <laughs> I mean, Manhattan. Yeah. Also, yeah. is Jill unconscious right now? <laughs> uh, <that's> <laughs> I think she is. Yeah. So he just, like, buckled in her limp body. And they have no idea what hospital Mark's in. Jill just said he's in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, so no one knows where they're going. And poor Chris is the only logical one. He's like, what hospital? And this guy's like, no, the New Zealand one. Idiot. <laughs> what? Rude. Anyway. Step on it, he told Felipe. And they drove in silence to the hospital. Way, way too much silence. They haven't done much talking, like, at all together. Like, I... It's just a feeling. Yeah. Just the vibes. Yeah. (laughs) On the way... Okay, this answers our question. On the way, Jill gained consciousness and hugged Jack tightly. Thank you so much, she said through tears. Uh, Jack was going to reply, but in his mouth, Words turned to mush, so he decided to just keep quiet. Cool. (laughs) She smells like strawberries, Jack thought as he nuzzled his head into Jill's hair. Just like strawberries. Ew. (laughs) What? Ew. He's nuzzling his head. Ay, ay, ay. They've, like, they haven't even spoken at all, but he's, his head is in her hair already. Yeah. Whoa. All right. Chapter 16. Saturday, July 1st, 3.33 p.m. As the car drove into the hospital parking lot, Jill did not even wait for the engine to turn off. She hopped, brackets, literally. She jumped out of the still-moving car, semicolon, very <laughs> in the six-inch heels she had on, close bracket. In her black Prada heels, she raced into the building, closely followed by Jack, Felipe, and Brooke. The emergency section of the hospital was extremely crowded, but Jill managed to cut through the line to a woman behind a desk. Whoa, you can't just cut the line at a hospital. Rude. After a few dirty looks and several sneers, she managed to squeeze to the beginning of the line. Bruh. The hospital is not a place. <sighs> okay. Thankfully, a kind middle-aged man recognized the hysteria in her face and let her in front of him. It's the emergency room. Half the people there have hysteric looks on their faces. Yeah. Excuse me. I think the kind middle-aged man is Antonio. God, but reincarnate. <laughs> God slash crepe man uh, slash face in the sky. Mm-hmm. 
I like that. We should we should make that canon. <laughs> it is done. <laughs> I'm Jill Henry, and I would like to see Mark Atkinson. It's an emergency! She yelled breathlessly. The woman, whose name tag read Zoe, clicked some buttons on the computer in front of her, and after a few moments, looked up at Jill. I'm sorry, ma'am, but he is in no fit state for visitors. Come back tomorrow or phone us to make an appointment. She handed Jill a business card. Next, she said, and waved the next person over. What? This isn't even how it happens in movies. I don't know how it happens in real, in real life, but our point of reference uh, for, like, hospital emergency scenes definitely would have been movies. But it doesn't even happen like this. Nobody gives you a business card. Yep. Also, a hospital with a business card. Also, the emergency room doesn't have, like, a secretary. It's, like, nurses checking people in. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not just, like, someone behind a desk with a stack of business cards ready to give you, like, hey, make an appointment at the hospital. Come back to the emergency room later, please. (laughs) Weird. Please, I really, really have to see him. Jill tried again. No, call tomorrow to schedule an appointment. Good day to you. Next, yelled the woman. Jill sighed an exasperated sigh and looked down at her feet. (laughs) These are Prada originals. I've only worn them once and I don't think I ever will again, she said, taking the shoes off her feet. Of course, this was a lie, but she hoped this Zoe would fall for it. She's just trying to bribe the nurse slash secretary with worn Prada shoes. <laughs> She's gonna what, walk out of the hospital barefoot. Ew. Ew. Oh my god. They're still supposed to go to Pish Posh. Oh no. The reservation that what's-his-name had put in place months in advance are gonna go to waste. What a shame. His uncle's, uh, you know, restaurant or whatever. But not everybody has to be at the hospital now. It's really, really only Jill has to be there. Mm -hmm. Everyone else, all the other single people can make it to their date. Mm. Um, That is correct. Yeah. We'll, We'll see how it unfolds. So Zoe replies, Do you want me to call security? Because I have every right to do so, ma'am, said Zoe, trying to control the situation. Right then and there, Jill burst into tears. And I never got the chance to say I loved him, and I might never get to, she wailed. This also wasn't true, but hey, if it could help her get in to see Mark, she was up for it. Jill is horrible. She's a horrible person. She's really messing up this emergency room situation right now. The woman seemed to cave the woman seemed to cave into seeing Jill cry, so she spoke into the microphone on her desk. <laughs> Over the PA system. <laughs> yes. Visitor from Mr. Atkinson, she said to Jill. Thank you, thank you so so much, Jill wailed and ran out of the room. <laughs> Where is she running to? Just like aimlessly. <laughs> She's arms flailing. She's just. Ooh, 
Zoe has some some words. Get out of my sight, little bit, Zoe said and waved her off. Next. The emergency room, the one emergency room, was filled with beds occupied with ill people, tubes sticking out of their arms and nose. Jill shuddered and looked away from the patients. Jack held her hand and Kieran and Brooke massaged her shoulders. <laughs> like one shoulder each as they're walking down. <laughs> one of them is like stepping on Jack's heels every step. <laughs> Jenna walked beside her and gave her a reassuring smile. Where's the space? Jack is on one side. Kieran and Brooke are on each of her shoulders. So where's Jill? <laughs> It'll be okay, Jill. He'll be okay, she whispered. Jill wiped a tear from the corner of her eye and took a deep breath. They walked a little further, but a man in a puke green robe stopped her. No unauthorized visitors, please, he said. No, no, no. We're here to see Mark Atkinson, Felipe answered. Fine, he answered and turned around. Let me just warn you. He's not himself. He has a serious case of amnesia. Just, you know, be careful around him, please, he said, and motioned for them to follow him to the elevator at the end of the hall. <laughs> amnesia! <laughs> okay, so we have uh, more and more cheesy tropes happening. So now, amnesia. Oh, yeah. Naturally. Um... So they got out on the fourth floor and walked to the end of the corridor. He walked through door number 4K and motioned for the group to come in. Jill held her breath and walked through the door. <laughs> Holding her breath, barefoot. <laughs> Martin and Chris gasped to see their friend, who they last saw perfectly healthy at the university. I forgot that they were. It was friends. the same mark. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> wow, what a weird, like, small world moment. <laughs> yeah. They're here just to see some stranger at the hospital, and now they're like, whoa, that's the guy that very badly introduced us. They didn't notice when she was like, Mark Atkinson. <laughs> Maybe they did. Inside, Mark was surrounded by three more nurses in puke green tunics. <laughs> I think we meant scrubs. Yeah. <laughs> like, like an apron or something. We didn't know the word for it. <laughs> but there, there were tubes sticking out of his arms and legs, a cast around his neck, on his right arm, and on his right leg. His leg was held up in a sling suspended from the ceiling. Mark's mouth hung open and drool came out. Ooh. Beside his bed, there was a monitor with a flashing light. Mark's heart rate. Okay, Loki, that was a pretty good description. Yeah, not horrible. Not I, think that's, I think that's one of the better <laughs> paragraphs. <laughs> yeah, like I can imagine him all like broken up and connected to uh, like a heart monitor. Like, yeah, okay, okay, this is not bad. Mark himself was asleep, but the nurses around him were buzzing from side to side taking notes of his behavior, fluffing his pillows, and replacing his water. <laughs> so there's three nurses around him. One who's just, like, furiously scribbling notes, like, 
He breathed, and then he breathed again, and he was breathing again. He's literally asleep, like, what? he's not doing anything. Um, and one is just continuously fluffing his pillows, which must be very annoying for his sleep. And another one is just pouring <laughs> more water into his cup. He can't, he, he's sleeping, he can't possibly be drinking it. <laughs> Mark here was hit by a truck. He was trying to cross the street, but the driver, quote, did not see him, and, well, yeah. So he has a broken arm, leg, sprained neck, and some minor inner bleeding, and a serious case of amnesia. I'm sorry, but he doesn't have a large chance of surviving. A doctor at the front of the room said, not looking as concerned as he sounded. First of all, doesn't sound very concerned. Second of all, that definitely sounds like a sentence a doctor would say. Sounds very, very medical and very professional. Jill stepped over to Mark's side and grabbed his hand. It was cold and clammy. Just then, comma, comma, Mark's eyes fluttered open. They focused on Jill, a look of extreme concentration on his face. He seemed to dislike what he observed and snatched his hand away. (laughs) Who the hell are you? He screamed in a high-pitched, very childish voice. Who the hell are you? (laughs) You know, he's been through a car accident and it affected his vocal cords. (laughs) Jill looked at him, absolutely sure that Mark was joking. He could not possibly not know who she was. His fiance. She glanced back at the doctor and noted that his reassuring look wasn't very reassuring. Her gaze went back to Mark and stroked his hair, still convinced that he was playing some cruel joke on her. He flinched. Yeah, of course he's playing a joke on you. These are all fake casts, and these are fake doctors, and... The world revolves around you, Jill, yes. Of course it does. It's me, babe. Gertrude. She said all of this in a teasing tone, joking, of course. Mark, in his present state, did not recognize the sarcasm in her voice, and instead of laughing at Jill's joke, he acquired a puzzled look. That's so mean! Why would she do that? They literally told her, twice, that he has amnesia. Like, really bad amnesia, too. What? He was, like, asleep, and you just woke him up, and he has a bad kid. Like, wake me up in the morning... And on the spot, make me remember people's names. Difficult already. (laughs) Now add amnesia on top of it. Man got amnesia and she's just making fun of him. This is so mean. Oh, Jill. Here's how he replies. Why, Gertrude? I don't believe we've met. I'm, uh, do you know what my name is? I can't seem to recall it he said, looking at the doctor for support. The doctor had shifted all of his attention on the screen of his little blackberry and nodded his head, as if it could answer any and all questions Mark had. What kind of doctor is this? (laughs) Is this one of those, like, stripper doctors you hire for a joke? Yeah, this is actually Mark's bachelor party. This is a, this has all been an elaborate scheme. (laughs) 
Jill exchanged nervous glances over her shoulder with her friends, who were grouped in the corner of the antiseptic-smelling hospital room. The eight of them piled onto three chairs. <laughs> How? Weird. Human pyramid. That's like three people per chair, and on one of them, there's two. Uh, yeah. They're getting very comfortable very quickly. Jack was the first to speak. Jill, you know the doctor said he had that amnesia. You could not have expected him to remember you, he said in the most comforting way he could, as he could see and feel Jill's distress. Her hands were shaking. I want it to be canon that they're actually feeling what the girls are feeling. <laughs> like, he's, like, psychically connected. That's how he knew instinctively who Mark was and where to go. I like that. That is, yes. Yes. <laughs> well, that would, like, add more to the magic element, you know? Because we have that, like, magic of, like, them falling from the sky and whatever, but we never really pick it up after that. Agree. Yeah. We completely forget about it. So that would be a nice touch. And it would explain a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> Jill took a deep breath and looked back at Mark who seemed confused. Yeah, she said, unable to form a more complicated sentence. He called you Jill. Is that a nickname for Gertrude? He seemed genuinely curious. Jill had the urge to laugh in his face. Bro, she's so mean. She needs to like give herself a quick little timeout. You know what I mean? Like yeah. just step out of the room, collect yourself, stop being a little butt. Put your shoes back on, maybe. Just be normal, please. She was about to tell him in no uncertain terms that no, her name wasn't Gertrude, when she heard soft, delicate snores coming from the cot beside her. Mark had fallen asleep. Felipe chuckled, and Jenna, who was almost sitting on him the way they were squished up on the chairs, playfully slapped him across the face. What? <laughs> Kieran hushed them and then Brooke spoke up are we still gonna go through with our plans to eat at Pish Posh tonight Ooh, Brooke Brooke now is not the time girl now is not the time the large group of eight stared at Brooke and Jill sent her a death glare What? demanded Brooke, uncomfortable with all of them staring at her like that. A girl's gotta eat. She has priorities, okay? Mm -hmm. Your fiance is almost dead and can't remember anything. But I really I'm really hungry actually. Can we can we just go eat now, please? We didn't we have plans to go to that fancy place? Yeah. Are we still good for that? <laughs> uh okay. You guys can go. I plan on staying here with Mark, said Jill. I'll stay with you to keep you company, Jack added. Ever the third wheel. <laughs> nice. How nice. Thank you, said Jill, once the group of seven made their way out the door. Fine, suit yourselves. We'll save you leftovers, said Chris with a wave. Wow. I mean, just stay with your dying fiance. The guys who didn't know Mark, fine. But like, presumably, all of these girls are friends with Mark. 
Well, they and know. two of two of the guys are like his university friends. Yeah, like Chris is his friend, supposedly. But he's just like, nah, bud, I'm out of here. <laughs> the door closed behind the large group, and Jill turned her attention to Jack, who sat on one of the three empty chairs. So, where do you go to school? Jill asked to fill the uncomfortable silence that filled the room. There's nothing like uh, small talk next to your, in your, in your fiancé's hospital room. With a guy you've just met. Yeah. Who you held hands with. Oh yeah, held hands with. Um, we're supposed to go on a date with, actually. Uh, yeah, there's nothing like that to, uh, the, to break the uncomfortable silence. This is a great bonding moment for them, I think. Where do you go to school? <laughs> they were the only ones in there. The doctor had left with their friends, save for the nurse, who was now checking Mark's blood pressure. Wait, they were the only ones there. The doctor had left. and But there was also a nurse in there. <laughs> Weird. I study art at the Art Institute of New York City. You? I study chemistry at NYU. I may not strike you as the sciencey type, but I find I'm very good at it. Though I tend to keep it quiet. <laughs> what? Ew. I hate Ew. Jill. I hate Jill. That was such a I'm not like other girls moment. Literally. The sciencey type. What? Ugh. She was still kneeling beside Mark's bed, but had now turned around completely to face Jack. Yikes. So she just forget about your fiance lying broken in his hospital bed. Just chat with this guy who you just met. Just like quietly flex on this guy. Yeah. <laughs> I do science. <laughs> Wanna take a seat? Jack motioned to the chair beside him. Please, Jill said, and sat in the chair to the left of him, as he was sitting in the middle of the three chairs. Important. They sat in silence for a few minutes until it got uncomfortable. Ew. <laughs> Ew. So, 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 they, they're sitting side by side. So, so they were like, oh, what school do you go to? I go to this school. I go to this other school. Okay. And they sit next to each other, and they just, like, they just sit. Just whistling. Just waiting. Just chilling, you know. Whatever. So, Jill started. You've got beautiful eyes, Jack interrupted, staring deep into her eyes. Jill looked at him with a mix of embarrassment and gratitude. Sorry, I guess, I guess I just, uh, he trailed off, not knowing what to say after that. His heart pounded in his chest as he leaned to kiss her cheek. Ew! <laughs> Jill, sensing what he wanted to do, which was not just to kiss her cheek, leaned in. <laughs> oh, God. Ah! <laughs> ew, 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 ew. <laughs> leaned in and turned her head to face him. As he sucked in a breath and started to pull away, Jill grabbed his shirt collar and kissed him like there was no tomorrow. <laughs> ah! Oh my god, there's like, oh, it goes, 
into very deep detail about what exactly happened. Ew. Oh, let's do this. <laughs> I, will suppress, I will suppress my cringing, and we're just gonna we're just gonna power through this next next paragraph. Okay, I'm just we're just gonna do it. Okay. <laughs> In that moment, when their lips touched, their world changed. She could feel him. She could taste him. She was him. Even though they'd never kissed before, they knew what to do. They knew where to touch and what to say. It was like a dream. It was as if they had done this a thousand times before. Her hands rested on his chest. His were grabbing fistfuls of her hair. He pulled her closer, held her tighter, as if it were the last time. Jill gladly fought for control with him, their lips moving in perfect sync, their minds branding the feeling into their souls. (laughs) (laughs) That was a trick. (laughs) Doesn't even end there. Jill moved into the chair beside her, into Jack's lap, and the two continued to kiss. They kissed as if this wasn't the first time they had seen each other, but the millionth time they had each other's tongues in their mouths. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Interesting. Interesting. (laughs) I'm glad we wrote this. I'm glad we, as very, uh, knowledgeable, experienced in kissing, 12-year-olds had written this. Oh, God, fistfuls of hair. (laughs) Uh, So she, like, she, like, she feels him, she tastes him, she was him. She's wearing his body like a flesh suit. (laughs) Yeah, that's kissing, right? (laughs) Oh, no. All right, continue. We have to power through this. They had not been like this for a long time when Mark woke up again. (laughs) Gertrude, is that your boyfriend? He asked, evidently amused by their makeout session and not in the least bit disgusted. The lovebirds abruptly pulled away from each other. Jill's face turned a beet red and she moved back to her seat. Oh, God. (laughs) Looking sheepish, she answered her fiancé. Babe, you you look parched. Do you uh, want me to get you some water or something? What, like the the seven cups of water the nurse (laughs) poured aren't enough? They're not enough. Not enough. (laughs) Oh, yes. Please, Gertrude, he replied. (laughs) A while ago, I tried this new, uh... Yellow water. It was what the doctors call sour. I'm so not used to all the flavors here in your world, he said dreamily. I don't know. Turns out, turns out amnesia makes you into an alien. <laughs> <laughs> of course, dear. Anything you like. Jack here is going to look after you a minute. Is that okay, Jack? Now she looked over to Jack, who just nodded, looking as embarrassed as she felt. She, fu- she shuffled out of the room, grabbing her wallet out of her purse. Be back in a few. So, uh, Mark, is it? Jack asked Mark uncomfortably when Jill left the room. That's what I've been told. Hey, have you seen the girl with the oversized head in the moving picture box over there? <laughs> <laughs> he pointed to the wall-mounted TV in the corner. 
She's so interesting, especially when she talks in that made-up language of hers. The doctors tell me that this show isn't for me, but I don't see any violence, so I thought it was okay. Hey, also, did you see the part where the yellow boy in the mask took the helmet head girl's toy? That was so interesting. And also, I did not get it until right now. Jack instantly recognized the show Mark was describing as Dora the Explorer, a show he'd watched as a kid. Quickly losing interest in Mark's description of the children's show, he tried to bring up a new topic. <laughs> okay, one, that's a very bad explanation of Dora the Explorer. Um, also, the fact that Jack is just, like, bored of what Mark's talking about, he's like, yeah, you're an amnesiac. <laughs> Have a little <laughs> sympathy. <laughs> like, stop talking. This is for kids, man. I'm an adult, okay? <laughs> So, um, how long have you and, I mean, Gertrude, been engaged, he asked. Engaged in what, Mark asked. Uh, marriage. I have no idea what you're talking about. It seems to me she was more interested in you than me. (laughs) Oh, really? Really? You should have seen you two. This is more painfully awkward than all of the silences we've had so far. (laughs) Maybe that's why they don't talk. (laughs) Because they know that the stuff that comes out of their mouths is just going to be straight garbage. So they just, (laughs) they just zip it. Zip it. They're just silent constantly. That's where the conversation died as Jill came in to stop it from going any further. I got lemonades for you all, she said, trying to sound upbeat for Mark's benefit. She handed each of the boys a bottle, first opening Mark's and putting a straw in it. She opened her own and raised it in the air. To Mark, may he get out of this hospital as soon as possible. But Gertrude, I don't want to leave. How will I help the helmet-headed girl find her nana? Mark exclaimed. (laughs) And that's the end of the chapter, folks. (laughs) Uh... Okay, so not only is Mark an alien, but he has suffered severe brain damage uh, to the point where he doesn't know his name. He doesn't know what a TV is. He calls it a moving picture box, like, as if he's someone from the 1920s. Um, and he's very into Dora. That's interesting. I'm sure, I'm sure Jill will have a lot of empathy for his situation. You know, I, I have another suggestion for how this could be canon. Mark got hit by a car. Yeah. Almost died. Yep. But to save him, the face in the sky put another soul in him. (laughs) (laughs) But this is like a 1903 soul. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yep. So that's what's going on here. That makes sense to me. I believe that. That seems like a whole spinoff series. Mark and the 1903 soul. I like I just I just wonder how this escalated so far like we went from you know 12 chapters of like barely anything happening to car crashes making out you know um amnesia ice cream amnesia the the fashion show it's all just happened right now 
we were probably just like bored of our own bullshit and we were like you know what stuff should happen just bam 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 like get it done yep. yeah for sure efficiency is what it's called Oof. um so i think that's a good place to leave it off those were some great chapters very uh high energy high stuff happening Although for all of their talk of, like, Mark's in such a critical state, he might not make it. Like, he seems to be okay-ish. He's drinking lemonade. Yeah, that's true. And he's speaking, like, I thought he'd be in a coma. Because it literally just happened, right? Like, they they just called him. um, So he just got, like, scraped off the side of the street and brought to this hospital. And Mm. he's already seen at least one episode of Dora. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right. He seems pretty okay to me. Like, a little, a little, like, Like, yeah, he's got some broken bones, but. Like, he seems fine to me. So, I mean, here's hoping it goes well for him. Although, knowing us, we've thrown a couple wrenches in there. (laughs) Um, Can't believe the rest of the gang is, like, hype about Pish Posh still. Yep. That just seems unreasonable. Yeah. Very insensitive, even more so than Jill. At least Jill. Wait, Jill made out with Jack. Yeah. In the hospital room. Right next to Mark, as Mark watched. Um, It's a lot to process. Yeah. Yeah, we have a very steamy makeout session. I hated it. I literally hated reading it. I mean, (laughs) you read it, and I hated listening. (laughs) Uh, yeah, it, it was, it was painful. It hurt. It hurt me on the inside. Um, you powered through. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I so guess. here's, here's what I can't believe. We revealed our hand. We sort of showed the audience who we wanted to pair up. Oh yeah. We didn't make a big deal about it at all. We just kind of. And Martin's just like sad on his own. He just. He's just there. He's just tagging along. He's there for the ride. I think that whole scene needs way more substance. Yeah. I think the magical elements need to be explored more. Yeah. And, like, something needs to have been set up between Mark and Jill to make, like, any of this thing with Jack okay. Oh, yeah. Well, we've just seen, like, Jill kind of being mean to Mark, so it feels like he's pretty in character for her to just blatantly cheat on him while mm. he's in the same room and in no state to, you know, complain about it. Could be. Um, but yeah, you're right. I think these these last, like, two and a half, I'd say the first half of this chapter, the, the first chapter that we read, whatever, like, 14 or whatever, was completely useless. But we could have, like, stretched out their whole, like, ice cream date. For sure. Um, gotten rid of, like, the cash cab and the whatever the hell else happened in the uh, couple of the earlier chapters and kind of stretched this out a little bit to, like, build some chemistry between them. Yep. Um, have them say something to each other, not just sit in silence. Just staring yeah. and licking ice cream. <laughs> Making slurping sounds. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what's up with that. But oh. not the worst chapters we've read so far, I think. Yeah, they kind of got a little more exciting. Yeah. And despite the, the cringe, <sighs> at least we stopped being like, back in high school. 
<laughs> the school bully wore the same thing as Jill once, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's true. That's very true. At least that vibe ended. Yeah. Um, oh. We got the cool new hanging out in the hospital and amnesia vibe in return. Cool. Can't wait. I mean, now I just want to see what we do from here. Does it start to move linearly or are we still going to, like, keep branching? <laughs> I don't know, but I have, like, vague recollections about, like, what happens with Mark's story. Mm-hmm. I don't want to spoil anything, but I know, I know shit goes down. I think you're right. I think I'm, I know what you're remembering. Yeah. <laughs> Stuff uh, happens with Mark. I don't know about any of, like, I don't know about if we incorporated any more drama into any of the other characters' lives, but Mark. He went off. Drama through the roof. Yeah. <laughs> so, that, there's something to look forward to. Nice. Very good. Um, Yeah, so I guess we can leave it there. That concludes episode six and scene. (laughs) 